Hello and welcome back to the Specky and Paul Talk Detailing Podcast with a special guest this week. We are the Benelin Sudafed and Puritan of the UK detailing community. This is Season 3, Episode 13, Why Does a Llama Need a Supercharger? My name is a very sick Specky McSporran and I'm joined as usual by my good friend and slightly hay feverish co-host, Mr Paul Dolden. Hello and welcome hay fever sufferers and people with viruses and all, all manner of diseases. Welcome to another staggering instalment of the podcast. We're going to try and answer those really important questions in life, like why is bum fluff blue? Is it because you're wearing cheap blue pants or have you bought blue toilet paper? We don't why, know. Why, why do men have nipples? That's a good one. Or a navel. Is it just to let the gas out? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, which brings me on nicely on to... Um, how are we both doing? Before we get into the news, you don't sound <laughs> that great, to be honest with you. You sound like you're on the way out. Um, <laughs> let, let me use my sick voice for a minute. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, won't be in t- I won't be in today. Here we go. <laughs> I've stubbed my toe. Why does your voice sound funny then? <laughs> that's that's exactly it. That's the one you phone up with, is it? Hello, I can't make it into work. To- no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I've, I think I've got a chest infection um and it's yeah so basically my missus and i both got some sort of virus um it affected us last week we thought we were getting over it and then it hit us in different places and it went to both of our chests my missus did get a chest infection because of it i wasn't suffering anything and i thought maybe i've dodged a bullet no it just hit me a bit later than it hit her so um that's why i sound sick as a dog because uh, it's it, I'm half the time I'm losing my voice, which is going to be a really great to tackle with to, in this this podcast. This is going to be great fun. I think you sound th- I think you sound quite sexy. I'm quite, quite you know sort of liking it. I'm getting into this. You say that every time we talk, though, Paul. So no. I do indeed. I just don't publicise <laughs> it. Um, I've got a touch of hay fever, but more um, tiredness to be honest with you, because I got in very very late um, this morning after an awful night shift. Um, so that's why I don't sound my normal self. I don't know. I just don't Mate, feel you sound that exactly the same as you always do. Like uh, shit. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, I can't laugh want... too hard this week because well, it's good, it want... hurts. Do you want me to kick the news off first? Go in there. Yes. Let you have a little rest. Good. Thank you. Because I know you. I don't like talking. You know, I don't like talking about myself. Here nope. we go. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's been actually it's been quite a busy morning. Um, I did shoot a video because I. I've been doing a mixture of days and nights in the last week, and I managed to do a voluntary, uh, so unpaid unpaid work, shock horror. Um, I borrowed my neighbour's car over the road. Now, by the time this podcast goes out, the video will be out, you know, because obviously it's recorded on a Thursday night. And um, this was an interior video, and it was to do with the big boy Suck R Pro. Now, it's Suck, capital Excuse- R, pardon? Pardon? <laughs> Yes, suck, not you personally, no, suck, then the capital R, pro. This mm-hmm. is a, a wet and dry vac machine, water this extraction. Is, this is akin to like their naming their naming system for like the blower. It's called the blow R, isn't yeah, it? They've, they've, yeah, they've yeah. kind of like, it's a play on words. Yeah. Um, so, I've, you know, ultimate finish, uh, they sent this machine down around about a month ago, and I've been mucking around with this domestically to start with. On numerous things in the house, including the stairs and some cushions and stuff, and trying it out, you know, trying the wet vac, running it through its paces, mm-hmm. and and then put the bag in the uh, the wet and dry vac machine, and then proceeded to uh, do a BMW with it. And uh, yeah, I think um, well, 
got mixed results from certain aspects of the car, which nothing to do with the machine. It was just what was in the car. That's interesting, what people collect on their back seats. Uh, there was a, they've got a baby boy, uh, and obviously it's sweets, you name it, knickknacks. Um, so it's very, <laughs> yeah, very interesting stuff. But, yeah, it was around about four hours this thing took to, to do. But impressive but bit just of Just an interior. I mean, you know yeah. I hate doing interiors well you How know i don't you I, stomach it for four hours well because i to be honest with you now people are going to laugh at this i actually really got into the filming aspect of it because i've got this new fancy lens and i can do like super low aperture and stuff and i actually got into it and i thought yeah this is good i'm liking this and then and my wife samantha came back and i said i'm just cleaning up just like finishing off she went really how long <laughs> you been on that uh not long so yeah, I went out there very early in the morning, and I had to go back on nights, and then, you know, I, I was in, I was shot to bits. They're knackering. Anyone that does interiors on cars is very very tiring. Multiple camera shots and stuff. So hopefully by this time, when you're listening to this, you would have seen the video and you like it, and you loads and loads of subs and kicks the channel out the backside. Also, uh, had a delivery. Um, I don't know how this happened. I mean, it's not as if I mentioned it on someone's post <laughs> or, or hinted to the company. Um, <laughs> the lovely... I, <laughs> I, think <laughs> the, I think the comment was, where's mine? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, it was actually far more drier than that. And it was oh, slightly... Was it? A little, only a tiny, a tiny bit, a tiny bit of sarcasm. I just said mm. to the poor guys at Infinity Wax, you seem to have lost my address. <laughs> and literally, like two days later, um, Postman Pratt knocks on the door. Thanks for getting us up this morning. Cheers for that. Um, luckily, it wasn't a female this time. Thank God for that. And he, he just said, I'll put it on here, shall I? And he put the box uh, of goodies on top of our boxes out the front of our house. And I mm -hmm. got some of the Millions products, um, which are the sweets. And I got the sweets and I got... Uh, the detailer, the shampoo, the pre-wash. At least you got sweets. I didn't get the sweets in my box. Okay, so, so they, may have they may have forgotten your address, I got, but they gave well, you some sweets. Oh Well, I, I, sorry, I'm just repositioning my headphone. Um, I got two packets, so I think I may have got yours. Um, but ah, they yeah. look, I'm hearing good things um, about these products. They're very brightly colored. They're, you know, very attractive to the eye. They're going to grab your, grab your attention. So looking forward to using those in a video. Um, but yeah, that that's my detailing news. So I've been filming and and working hard, and yeah, that that's about it, really, mate. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, I I got those same things as you, the the millions of bits and pieces. I wanted to actually talk about that very quickly. Um, I was talking to our good friend Rab, Rab Details, um, and I, he was mentioning the fact that these are coming out, and I said, wow, they look they look really good. Uh, going to be interesting. However. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a real skeptic. I thought to myself, is this just going to be rapid detailer with, you know, a, a new scent, uh, you know, a million scent? If that's the case, I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. But he sent me a picture of the the note that came in the box that says it's based on rapid detailer, but it's been tweaked to add better uh, beading, water repellency, and up, gloss and yeah, shine. Up the ante, up, yeah, up performance so levels. It's yeah, not just a product which has got a well, different smell. It's a little bit of an enhancement as well. So Infinity Wax aren't, aren't known for producing rubbish, are they? But they've been no. knocking out stuff for years, and we know the yeah. guys really well, and we're looking forward to catching up with them at Waxstock, and no doubt yes. they'll, they'll get a, uh, a cheeky word with us. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean... I haven't been doing so many reviews on the liquid sort of side of things, chemicals. I have got some ceramics to do. 
Um, no, you've had a lot of hardware lately, haven't you? I yeah, but I, I actually prefer doing that. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, well, of course you do, Paul, because you love getting free, expensive bits of kit and pressure washers." There is more responsibility. I'm not dishing anyone else that gets the bottle products because I've done a lot of them. But there's a hell of a responsibility to get the message across, get the right visuals, and to get the right message if you're doing an impartial review. And there's going to be lots of people listening to this and. They may think that you're just doing this to get free stuff. There's a lot of hard work that goes into doing this, and it takes days to shoot these videos and to edit. It's not just hitting a um, a record button on a phone. And a lot of guys like to shoot that way. Brilliant. I like to shoot the old-fashioned way using a DSLR. It's just how I've been sort of brought into the um, the filming aspect of it. I'd love to be full-blown camera crew, to be honest with us, with a you know sound uh, boom and everything else. Very very quickly. Uh, I've got a bit mm-hmm. of gossip for you. Um, I think we'll be all right with this. I don't think there's any copyright <laughs> on here or anything. Don't worry, it's not rude. It's not that you've checked or anything. <laughs> no, no, obviously not. But um, we have um, a visitor to the island, a local celeb. Um, Denise Van Elton is, <laughs> has bought a holiday lodge fairly close to me. Um, she hasn't popped around yet. I don't know what's going on with her. <laughs> bit antisocial if you ask me but i i copped an eyeful not of her of a very <laughs> mind which is nice isn't she um so i'm just looking around my shoulders as if my wife's here but she's not she's gone out <laughs> and there was a, a black wrapped range uh range rover and it was parked outside one of the the clubhouses down the front uh near where i live and she's got a private plate on it now me being a bit beaky i mean it I think I can't remember exact. I can't really say what the, the number plate is, but I googled this Range Rover just just because I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it is hers. And there was a picture of her. And we were out, funny enough, shopping today. And I'm really bleary eyed today. I've had a t- terrible sleep this morning. And my wife just went, "I was in these van out and just drove past." And I went, "Really? Oh, she didn't wave." And she went, "No, it's funny that. No, she didn't. No. So uh, yeah, so she's been on the island, and I think she's got. Is it Kimberly? I think is it Kimberly Walsh? Is it she ex Girls Aloud? Fine. That, that's that rings a bell. Yes. Yeah. So she she goes to one of the bars down the front. Um, but uh, strangely enough, I walk my dog down that way sometimes. So I, I uh, might. Of course, it, it might be a more regular route. I might have to pop in and use the gents and go. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see. Oh, I didn't know you drank in here. And I just go. Are you pulled on details? No, of course they won't. Of course they won't. They don't have. They want sad people like me. Good God, no. Yeah, that was my little bit of uh, celebrity news. I haven't thought of Denise Van Outen in years. That's uh, that's interesting. Okay. Um. Well, speaking of uh, you know, stories and things like that, we touched on something last episode about the new Halfords Advanced range of products. We did indeed. And we said that there was speculation without any clarification. There was speculation of who was making their products and things yeah. like this. Yeah. So actually there was something came out. Now it actually did come out just before we managed to release the last uh, podcast. Perfect we didn't timing. Have, we didn't I know. We didn't have time to fit it in to the, the editing of the episode to release it. So we thought we'd talk about it this week. So there the original story came from someone telling us that they had been told by a Halfords member of staff that Autobright Direct were making their products. Autobright Direct have now heard all about this. They have been monitoring conversations within uh, forums and Facebook groups and all sorts of things. And they came out and made a statement. They made a, 
a specific statement related to this. And they said, we have heard, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but they basically said, we've heard that you guys are suggesting this. We're letting you know we pulled out of Halfords. We have nothing to do with Halfords anymore. And we're certainly not making their products. We just want to make that abundantly clear that this is the case. So that's fine. What we then also saw through a few contacts of ours, because we're fairly well connected, to be honest, we saw uh, a supplier information and it talked about who provides which products to Halfords, who are the suppliers and so on, and listed against, now again, we, we can't vouch for this because we haven't seen the full document, we've seen a screenshot of it, but it said Achem was the manufacturer of the Halfords Advanced range, which is no surprise really because we were told by a friend of ours that uh, the quick detailer looked exactly like it looked and smelled and everything about it was exactly the same as Achem's uh, quick detailer, which I think they call Finito. And so, yeah, we're putting two and two together and pretty much coming up with four here and saying it's Achem that makes their products. So we just want to clarify that. So just in case you didn't pick anything up from that before, if you, or you haven't heard the full culmination of this story, it's not Autobrite Direct, and we're fairly sure it's Achem that are making their products. Now, here's an interesting thing. I also got a message um, from someone else in the industry. I won't say who because they've asked to remain anonymous, but they sent me a link to a website. This is the Retail Gazette, and it's talking about Halford's profit margins, how Halford's full-year profits have dropped 43%. Wow. Despite sales um, rising um, and, and soaring, soaring costs, you know, the cost of living crisis and so on, lots of things have happened. Um, and it said here, despite the drop, Halford's expects a small growth in earnings in its current year, where it said trading had been good despite the bad the bad spring weather. So it's interesting. They've dropped, and yet they still think they're going to do relatively well. So this person that sent me that link said this message, said, Hi, Specky, listening to your podcast today um, and saying how that they have worked with other brands, and this is where they, they think that this information could be useful. He says, Brands are deranging from retail stores, as they could be asking for too much funding for the space on the shelf. It's a big factor. So the introduction of Halford's advanced products is certainly a way of compensating for losing brands and trying to recoup revenue and margins. We did talk about that last week. Yeah. He says, but he says, by the way, this may or may not be the actual reasons, but it's no doubt a contributor to the brands coming away from being in the store. He says, I'm seeing and hearing this a lot from a, a bunch of different companies that put their products into bricks and mortar stores, you know, actual physical retail stores. So it's a very, very interesting thing. We'll see where it goes. We might see other brands pulling out because Autobrite hasn't exactly been on Halford's shelves for very long. But clearly there's maybe a bit more squeezing from Halford's and so Autobrite have said, no, we're not going to do that. Maybe it's a fulfillment situation and Halford's are asking for too many products. Who knows? We don't know, and unless Autobrite wants to tell us, 
it's it's just going to be up in the air, sadly. We'll keep everyone informed anyway. We hear any yeah. news, and uh, we we'll hear anything else, no doubt we'll... mention it in, in future podcasts. Yeah, but I thought that was quite interesting. No, interesting. Yeah. Um, any other news? I I got a video out. Finally. You have. I yes. Have, yes. It's about pre washes. It's called "Do You Really Need a Pre Wash?" Uh, the trolls yes, are you out. Do. <laughs> the trolls are out in force. Are they <laughs> in the comments? Can you send one my way? I could do with a new troll. Oh, mate, it's funny. So a lot of arguments in the comments basically saying, I don't need a pre-wash. I can get my car perfectly clean without a pre-wash. That's not the point. You know, I can use it. a soapy mitt for that. No problem at all. Why oh. do I need that? Someone said, de- those detailing freaks are always looking for a reason to add another step into the process. Someone else, though, fair, po- fair play to them, came along and said, do you see a roadside car wash not using some sort of spray-on, like, pre-wash product. They all use it. They all use TFRs or something like that. I you do. roll up to the scratch and shine, and they cover your car in a TFR first before they give it a wash. For good reason. It makes their life easier. So why would you argue that you don't need a pre-wash? Anyway, I compared five different pre-wash products along with just water from the pressure washer, just to give you an idea of how effective or ineffective they are. I would appreciate if you go and check it out, because uh, I think it was an interesting video, and it has led to a few conversations where I went to make a follow-up and try some more products. Well, this is what it's all about. It's starting the conversation. That's what the it comment is. section yeah. is and, for. You know, the, the built hammer crew, they're out in force. Ooh, that's unusual. <laughs> messaging me saying, someone said... Because this video doesn't include built hammer, surfex, or touchless, or autofoam, it's basically an irrelevant video. <laughs> uh, it's isn't it weird? It's wow! Just, it, it it's strange anyhow. People think you know it's just like somebody who has a certain breakfast cereal and they only eat shreddies, and if they had anything else in there, they'd be. It's a strange comparison, I know, but it it they just can't bring themselves to be involved in anything else it's like a blanket vision isn't it it's like a very mm-hmm. very tunneled vision i mean we've been into this for years doing this and there is so many brands you need to try and and you might it's, it's like it with garage therapy i know we've we do mention garage therapy a lot you know I've, I've had people say you know paul you've put me onto the gt boys absolutely amazing product this is my go-to this is my go-to that now thank you so much and it's not just gt there's loads of other brands out there that we put people onto to try we know about being built handler we know it was one of the first pre-washes i ever used and people still go on about it they go on about auto smart when you're going to start using auto smart when you're going to go back we know we know okay we just hold yeah. it with the, with the bill handler <laughs> we all right okay yes I also want to say uh, a couple of things. One, very quickly, we've heard more about what's going to be happening at Waxstock. Yes, we have. I can't tell you anything for definite yet, but um, we've been in talks, we've been having conversations with the the powers that be, and there could be some very interesting things coming up with regards to Paul and I and our part in the show this year. We're working with the show again we're going to have more to do with the show this year. We're going a to, lot more. Yeah, much, <laughs> much so, more. So we can. That's all we can say. That is all we can say. So um, yeah. there's a lot more going on. If you haven't considered getting yourself wax stock tickets, think about it. And if you haven't bought your tickets yet, maybe just wait. We might get 
before before Wax Talk goes live, we might be able to grab you a discount code. Keep an eye out on our um our social medias. Keep an eye out, your eyes peeled there just in case. We won't get anything for it. It's just a little thank you. So um, there's that. And also thank you to uh, the new followers and uh, patrons on our Patreon. Um, thank you so much for supporting us. If you guys want to join them in this support, please go ahead. Look for us on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Um, We would love to have you there and to support the channel. But um, in the meantime, we need to get off the news now and introduce our guest. What the hell... Does a, a llama need with a supercharger? Only one person can answer this question. That is Adrian, a.k.a. Supercharged Llama Detailing. Welcome, Adrian. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. What the hell is with the name? Well, darling. Because I don't think I've, <laughs> out of all the times we've spoken, I've never actually asked you. And yeah. <laughs> I, I just know someone is going to listen to this and go, Supercharged what now? Yeah, it, it's an old one, right? Uh, it all stemmed from when I started the company. I said, like, oh, I need a name. And there's so many spins on clean in some way, shape, or form. Like that they've like crystal clean or um, ultimate shine and stuff like that. You're like, okay. Yeah. It's either that. Splash and dash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or there's um, things like people's initials in the name. Uh, yes. The it's like, okay. It's all yeah, very, it's well very, very good. common. Yeah, but I always intended to have a YouTube channel as well because I always wanted it to be like a second revenue stream or a long tail revenue stream for yeah. the jobs. And I was like, online as well, you need a particularly memorable name. And I was like, I really like llamas, so what can I do with that? And I was like, well, it's automotive, so supercharged llama. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous enough. I found a cool asset that I could use in my logo, which is a llama wearing sunglasses. I was like, there you go, <laughs> supercharged llama is born. And now the van's all sign written. I've got all the T-shirts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's honestly where it came from. It's kind of inane in some ways, but uh, silly and memorable. That's generally the, the it whole is idea. Memorable. It. Had you been yeah, drinking? That, had you been thing. drinking heavily the night you conceived this name? I'd like to say I had, but the truth be told, no, absolutely not. That's just the way my mind it, it's works. It's a brilliant Can't name. Can't rely on that excuse this it, time, sorry. I, 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 actually, I actually told my wife, she said, are you recording this Thursday? I said, yeah, yeah, we've got a special guest. Said, Who's that? I said, a guy called Adrian, a.k.a. Super Charles Lama. She went, Super Charles what? Yep. I said, Super Charles Lama. She just looked, rolled her eyes and just yeah. walked off. <laughs> you, so do most of my subscribers. So, uh. <laughs> use, a, use a response for my wife. Yeah. And well, welcome, Adrian. Thank you very much for having me. Been looking forward to this uh, all week. Yes, Good. well, we've we've been to we've we've talked a fair bit, and we've talking more about this. Mm. So, um, I actually want to give you the floor for a minute here because you and I have been talking, and I know you've got some things you want to talk about. I will we'll we'll get to your story in a bit, but I want to kind of give you the floor because you messaged me and said I've got a list of things I want to talk about. So, yeah, the floor is yours. Go for it. Okay, so the uh, the two topics that really stuck out at me, um, one was what's kind of the most expensive detailing piece of kit that you've bought that was worth that every single penny? Uh, and I'll get on to why in a minute. And the other one was you can't avoid washing in the hot sun when you do this professionally. There's, there's only so much you can do, and anyone else that does this professionally will be listening. It's like you can't wait to the end of the day. You can't get up early in the morning. You can't get early up, enough in the morning anyway. Um yes you will guaranteed to be washing indirect sunlight at some point. So how do we deal with that professionally? 
versus as a weekend warrior where you've got more options to kind of work around it. Yeah. So those yeah. are the two topics, and I thought it might bring something else to the table that hasn't been discussed in I all the contexts, because especially for mobile detailing, it's quite different to studio-based as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So then, right, fine. Let's go with the first question. Yeah. Answer your own question. What is the most expensive thing you've bought for detailing that has been worth every penny? I don't think it's necessarily the outright most expensive in terms of pounds, but for the job that it does, the yes. Lake Country Padwasher 4000 is... How... Brilliant. How much was that? Uh, I think at the time it was 160. I think they're more now because uh, of inflation. Do you know what bothers me is because they are they are far too expensive. Yeah, it's a bucket with a stand thing with a pump thing with a you know what I mean. It's I think as a hobbyist not... it, it probably is. Um, as a professional that's um, polishing and coating cars, well, let's say yeah. you don't be coating, do you? just polishing, and you are working on multiple cars in a week. The volume of pads you would have to carry uh, is astronomical if you're going to just tally them all up at the end and wash them when you get home. And they're expensive, Adrian. They're yeah, living expensive. Yeah, exactly. Pads, so you, you get to a point and you can really rack up. Like I use Rupes pads a lot, as well as Shoal and um, the Eurofiber ones. And yeah. you're, like, you're looking what ten pound a pad. Oh yeah. Especially yeah. you want the variety of sizes and stuff like that, and you, you still yeah. need multiple ones when you've got a pad washer. What's the, the argument is then, oh, just use a compressor. Very well and good to say that, and the compressor is useful. If you're going to have a compressor, you might as well have one that's capable of running the Turnador as well. Yeah. Um, if, you're not, if you've only got it for blowing out pads, you're possibly missing the trick. So that means you kind of need to have a 50-litre tank compressor. The SGS one is really popular, costs about 150 quid. You could do multiple jobs, of course, but you need to buy the Turnador attachment afterwards, which is pretty pricey too. Um, the Hyundai silent one is about 300 pounds. You know, yeah, so you're looking, looking at, at pricey pieces of kit. Plus you need to fit it in your van. Now I've got a, um, combo and I don't, I, I could fit it in there, but it'd have to be at the expense of something else. Um, so if you're kind of working out what is the right approach and the right tooling and equipment to have, I happen to have a tank in my van. Some people yeah. might forego the tank to have the compressor and that, that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying one is better than the other. But for me, I find the pad washer, A, it fits inside my wash bucket, so it just stacks up in the same place, which is yeah, really that's, useful. That's fair. That's fair. It, yeah. uh, it cools the pads down really well, as does the compressed air. It's less messy than the compressed air because the compressed air still blows it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I found it's kind of increased the pad life, but I still swap a pad. I might do uh, two, three panels and whilst I'm washing it out after every second set, something like that, or maybe every panel, and I might just brush it out in between, I'll still swap the pad out just to rest the pad yeah. I'm using and use a different one afterwards. Fibre pads aren't as prone to it. Um, well, that's interesting. But, uh, that, that's an yeah. interesting approach. I would have thought you would just keep using it because it's cooling the pad, but you want to rest the pad. That's that's an interesting approach. Because so, it, it does stress it. I've heard anyone talk about it. I use the messy method, which is to use my stubby gun, blast the pad out in the road and turn mm. the road the same colour as the car I'm working on. So now the road is red because <laughs> yeah, I was doing half his car. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I put the pad back onto the rupees, lower it into the bucket, obviously empty, out. and then yeah. spin it around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've been doing them. And I put the pad to one side, and like you said, Adrian, multiple pads, and I go back to another pad. By the time I get around to the next one, especially in this heat, it's, it's dried oh, out. Bone dry, yeah. Yeah. I, I would genuinely like to try one of the pad washers. I just wish they were cheaper. If Lake Country wants to send us 
a couple of bag washers. We'll Here be we very, Here very, we very grateful. We'll we'll talk about you lots, and we'll tell let's say lots of lovely. I things. am in, I, I'm genuinely interested in one because <laughs> I think that sounds like a really cool gadget to have. So um, I think it yeah. makes think polishing easier and safer, which which I like. And doing it professionally, you need to be able to keep your pads clean. Yeah. And it also means there's not another job at the end of the day to go and like wash five or six pads, and then you don't do it. And you know it, it's it looks after the pads better. The the stuff that comes with the cleaner is the snappy boost cleaner it's a citrus based cleaner you could use other products as well but the snappy boost stuff works well i know that snappy boost one yeah that's yeah. the one that comes in the sachets that's right it? yeah and yeah, I mean, it, it mixes way. into like a gallon i i mean i could probably do four or five cars out of that um wow. having no well, problem decent. the the boys at system cleanse use the pad washers um there's like a detailing company in western supermare i think um I follow them on Instagram and stuff. They've been around for donkey's years there. And they've, um, that's what they use as well. And I was like, yeah, it's great. I think Matt Rowe, at, um, Obsidian Detailing, used, I think he used the previous version. I think he's got the, the newer version too and really rates them. So it's nice to see that um, other pros kind of value it as well. Okay. Paul, what's the most expensive mm. thing you've bought, which has been worth every penny for detailing? Have you bought My anything? Rupes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is there, is there someone else in the room over my shoulder? Harsh but fair. Ooh, oh, sass. my, oh, my rib. Right Ow. Um, very justified comment. Yes, I have. My Rupes Bigfoot polisher. Um, and I actually got that discounted. I got it imported um, from a friend of mine. And it was just over 300 quid. And that's the dearest thing I've bought. Other than which that. Is a, which is a 15 or a 21? Uh, so fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's very so, little point in the twenty-one, is there? And unless you're doing boats or you've like you're frequently doing yeah, paddle vans I, and stuff. I took just... advice before, and I was told it's it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like a force rotation one. That's the next step. But I spoke to you about that, Adrian, about the into detailing mm. one, which we could probably talk about at great length. But yeah, that's the dearest thing I've actually purchased myself, and I suppose my Neil Fisk really. Uh, the one three five, which is uh, the other thing I, I bought, but and yeah, I bought other bits and pieces. Incredibly good you value mean... that one three five, isn't it? So they don't make them anymore. Um, no, they don't. No, they do basically they weren't making a big enough margin on them apparently, oh, uh, because they had the induction motor in, uh, which is massively expensive compared to other manufacturers, and weighs uh, as much as a mini. Yeah, exactly. And well, I've got the e, you know the excellent one sixty, which has replaced the e one sixty here for review at the moment. And it's uh, yeah, it it weighs an absolute ton. Yet the accessories are no way near as good as the other. Don't get me wrong; I'm sure the pump is better, but the yeah. accessories are not a patch. So they kind of they spent the money on the pump unit, but the rest of the stuff isn't adding up. Yeah, and it's kind of where do you draw that line? Specky, think- what's the most expensive thing you have purchased? <sighs> this is this is don't say a twenty-four pack of Iron Brew. <laughs> It's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna help me make the do the job any quicker. Um, I was actually. I was struggling. I was struggling with this one because I haven't really made a lot of big purchases as far as detailing is concerned. I've been very fortunate to have something sent to me. I'm very fortunate that I have a sugar daddy, Lee. I love you. Um, he's uh, he's often sending me things. That's that's where I get most of my machine polishers from. Is Lee likes to use them and then when he needs to buy new ones he sends me his old ones um so you know i can't even say a machine polisher because i bought the argos one for 60 quid years ago 
that was worth every penny for me learning. Um, not so much for doing the job, but certainly for learning what it's like to machine polish. I know it was a very, very basic, low-powered, 600-watt, 8-millimeter throw, really bog-standard, run-of-the-mill. Um, but it, it did exactly what I needed it to do. I think if there's been any other purchases, I think this is actually something which is useful to use in the next question, um, which is I bought a gazebo. And that, since I've started using it, I can't imagine not using it, especially at this time of year, but especially with the fact that as we're going to get to, you know, eventually the, the winter time, I'm going to be able to get out in slightly more inclement weather and still be able to do a job. So a gazebo, I think, is probably going to be the case. It was a little bit more money than the machine polisher. So, so, so can I ask Adrian, do you own a gazebo? Yeah. Damn it. I was going to say no. No, so I've got a, a Rock I'm the only one. Uh, Hex Rhino 45. <laughs> but I, I need this, right? So uh, it, not being studio-based, if I'm doing corrections and coatings, it yeah. effectively is a portable garage for me. Um, so do I've you got have the, sides on yours. I do. Yeah, I've got because I've got the the Rock Awnings Hex Rhino forty five. There's only one they do that's slightly more heavy duty than that, and it's got the the material it's got on it is different to the one on their Explorer range. So it's kind of like a rubberized plastic, so it's completely waterproof. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, that's it, brilliant. It, it, it's properly heavy duty. Uh, it probably takes me about fifteen minutes on my own to put up. It's really hard work. So I only bother putting it up for jobs that are going to be worth the effort. Um, yeah, a day or so. Ones. Yeah, it has yeah. to be so a day at least. what size is that? Mine's three by four and a half metres. And okay. here's an interesting one. And I know lots of other people that will listen to this that do this professionally or other even hobbyists will be interested in this. If you've got the three by six metre one, you'll fit nearly every car inside it. Um, yeah. I have I have trouble problems with the three by four and a half that it doesn't fit every car under it. So an Audi RS6 doesn't fit underneath it. A Porsche KN doesn't fit underneath. Um, it, like the, the nose will stick out or the back, whichever end you've got. <laughs> so you, you can put the sides on, and I tend to pull them out uh, on bungees and stuff, and um, kind of make it like a wider tent. Uh, so so that, you have four sides on your. I do at night. I put them. Um, depends what the weather's doing during the day and where I need the yeah. shade and stuff and uh, how dusty it is. But I typically have the sides on. Yeah, um, I might just have them pulled out slightly to start with. I'm asking a lot of questions about this yeah, because I'm, I've only just recently started using my gazebo. My one's a pop-up style as well, which is great. Um, I haven't got sides for it yet. Uh, my one is only a three meter by three meter. Yeah. So, you know, the idea being if I'm working on the back end of the car, I can shuffle the gazebo backwards. If I'm working on the front end of the car, I can shuffle it forwards. Have you, you, know, have you got uh, weights on yours? Sorry, Spikey. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I do. I, yeah, I've got um, water fillable weights. So, oh, they're uh, good. Yeah, they're, they're 10 liter um, water fillable ones. You get on them. I got mine on Amazon. If um, you haven't got any weights, you can use small children. Yep. Or yeah, cats. Mine would never sit still long enough. Uh, but yeah, so they're, they're ten liters, so they're or ten kilo people. each. <laughs> he said that one to me earlier when I was talking about this. I said I need to get it. He says, "Yeah, you could just attach children to it." I says, "I'm fairly sure if someone was to drive past my house and find four children strapped tied to up the, yeah, yeah. to a leg each of my gazebo, I'm fairly sure I'd have a, a, a visit from the bobbies very quickly." Yeah. What's interesting is I just received leg weights today. I had I decided I didn't have proper leg weights mm. and. The last time I used it, even without any sides, it wanted to blow away. So uh, I got myself some 
some leg weights today and these are like bags and you can either put stones in them or you can put bottles of water in yeah. them, things like that. So that's what I've gone with. So that works but, well uh, for me too because I'm mobile yeah. and I can just fill them up. But then when I empty them out at the end, um, then they don't take up any space in the van or hardly any space and there's no additional weight, which is all you know fuel costs from lugging heavy kit around. Uh, yeah, so you don't want to be yes, lugging like thing, cast yeah. iron or concrete things around with you. And they're just as effective. So... <sighs> That's 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 that part of the thing. I want to get on to a little bit about yourself here now for a minute. Let's let's go back for people who don't know what you do. And so so your detailing side of things is not your main gig. No, it's not. So uh, I I do this part time, and the the reason for that it kind of came. I, I've detailed for people uh, on and off over the years um, for about eight years i guess i joined detailing world like most of us did at some point uh, i think it was like 2008 yeah. i was having a look the other day so quite early on uh, and then the, the bug early, kind of yeah. bit me and then as most of the people that get into this you'll grow from doing it for yourself for friends and family and then you start getting paid to do it by friends and family and extended friends and then ultimately um during the lockdown and i was working remotely so i work in uh, software development although i'm not a developer I used to be a tester, which is partly where some of the stuff in my channel comes from, being a software tester, like that mindset about how you would prove or disprove if something is good enough quality. Um, so yeah, I thought, okay, I want to I do more of this. Um, and then with that, due to lockdown and stuff, I got an opportunity to, to like go part-time in my job because uh, they were yeah. really scared about people leaving the company. So they were being very generous in terms of when people were asking for flexible working requests. Um, so I took that opportunity and, and ran with it. So I would do two to three days a week detailing and then two to three days a week uh, in my other job. And then recently I got made redundant from the other job. So I did a load more detailing and shortly, well not shortly, but very quickly realized that actually I like um, doing the deep cleans, uh, interiors, exteriors, polishing, ceramic coating, just valeting other people's cars is a really thankless job and it, doesn't earn enough money yeah. uh, and you have to put like it's the interiors you know as you're saying earlier paul i love doing interiors i really do enjoy them apart from when you get to a customer's car and it's a shit tip uh, you just get yeah. in there and you're like oh my god you've got three kids and two dogs and there's nail yeah. clippings in here what the hell <laughs> you know and it, it, it's, it's that sort of stuff you kind of go this is not earning enough to do this sort of job but the policy yeah, it, it, it might look great on geeky um, detailing's channel and some of our channels and people might think wow this is superb but if you actually work out that if this was a business it's a very very faintless task I mean I you know four hours out there I mean obviously you've got to film and stuff but this back breaking in it and the money's not great so it's not enough like when, when you're doing deep cleans interior or exterior like a, some people might call it like a full valet um, and then if you're doing the polishing jobs on top with the coating they're good earners like that that that's a good day um but i have to try and balance it with my earning potential in my it job um especially like i can be freelance in that and i am about to start a freelance role in that as well and the earning there is two to three times what i would earn as a detailer yeah so I, it's balancing it out like i really love detailing what i've actually really found through doing the youtube side is i really love the, the youtube side i think that's possibly even my favorite bit of it now um, so the, the more time I can spend doing that, but my differentiator as a channel was, I was a practicing active detailer 
and these are my stories sort of thing um uh, and that, that's kind of i want, don't want to let that go so i'm still going to be doing both but uh yeah I, the people that do this day in day out uh i mean the margins aren't huge and uh, yeah, i don't know how they're managing to keep going they yeah. probably don't live where i live but i live in cobham in surrey which is mega expensive anyway and but obviously I, I moved here and i wasn't detailing at the time so it's kind of a it's, yeah, chicken and egg on that front i think that's interesting that you know what what i want to know is you said earlier you, you always wanted to have a youtube channel mm. and this and so on what what drove you what was what was your desire why did you want to have the YouTube channel and what kind of aspirations did you have for it? Was it more of a hobbyist style or did you want to show, you know, slightly more professional end things and high end detailing or did, did you have any vision at all? Or did you just say, you know what, it's just going to be almost like a vlog. Here's what I kind of encountered today. I think I always wanted to do more of the, the product testing, but in the context of, on varied amounts of cars uh, so that's kind of the differentiator i think i saw that lots of people review products is often on the same cars um and they do it on like one or two cars whereas i could potentially do it on five or six cars Skoda metro yeah <laughs> um but do you know what i mean it's, like, it's different people weren't doing that on the market and I thought actually I could do something I could do something different and it could be of value yeah. to people the testing side of it from my um, software testing background was very much like when you're testing something you have to test it against something else so you've got a barometer to compare it to now this could have been like against the spec in the um, software developing bit but you also you had a range of uh, skills that were related to exploratory testing where you kind of go I'm going to go off and see what this thing can do but you do need to have something to compare it to, like a reference point. So that's why I, I tend to compare a product against another one and then let other people watch it and make up their minds. I'll give my opinion, but ultimately it's their decisions too, so they can kind of see what's happening. So I always wanted to do that. Um, I also like the creativity side of that. I didn't get to do too much of that in my day job. And uh, I've always had that hankering to do it. And I kind of mm -hmm. thought I could, I thought I, I could give it a go and see if it works. Like I thought I could do it, and I thought I could have a, a, a YouTube channel. But you don't really know until you start doing it. And it's been fascinating. It's been a really good journey, like from the early videos to to now. Um, and the enjoyment's still really there. It hasn't felt too onerous yet. Although I will pick up on the same point that you have mentioned multiple times in the past. There are days you just want to go out and wash the car, and not film it. <laughs> And like when I'm doing this on customers' cars, I can't film every car because, as you've mentioned before, the overhead is huge. Could be flat yeah. broke. Yeah, exactly. You'd never be able to do it. And until you get, what, 100,000 subs, you're never going to make enough revenue from YouTube to kind of offset the fact that you may have only done one car in that three-day period, whereas you could have done two back. Yeah, I think it's a balancing act, Adrian. I think yeah. there's some YouTubers out there at the, at the moment which have a very, very good balance and they can produce a lot more content than, say, me and Specky can and, and perhaps yourself. And I think it's where I've suffered over the years. I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I I often think my channel should be a lot bigger than it should be. But then I look at my content and how many videos I produce and it's probably about right because I don't produce as many videos as other people because I'm like you. I don't have time. I don't have the time to do it. When I have the time, I try to make a bigger video and make a better video, and that's I'm just a big believer in. If you yeah. if you want to do it, go there and do it. If you don't, have a chill day, wash your car, grab a cup of coffee, 
and chill out and just enjoy the hobby. Uh, that's it, and I think that's the, that's the important thing. I'm going to slightly circle back to the gazebo point, by the way, because we're talking about the hobbyists and stuff. And I, I, mm. There was a point I wanted to make that I didn't finish on that. Um, was I've got the three by four and a half. The three by six meter one is big enough to fit all the cars in. The issue with that, by the way, is it has nearly all of the manufacturers have a, uh, a second leg in the middle. Um, so oh. you can't necessarily want oh, to open the door. Yes. But the other the other thing with the three by four and a half, uh, you might have seen Ron do this at Valenova. He's got two of them, turns them sideways, so you get a four by four and a half meter square space. Um, or he puts them sideways if he's just doing the interior, so the doors can be wide open and they're completely dry. You can't do that with the bigger, longer one. So sometimes you might want two three by four and a half or a three by four and a half and a three by three, you know, in front of each other to give you the space that you That's need. That's a great idea, though. I do like the idea of that. It's cool, isn't it? When I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. there's, there's a man that has like the experience and the wherewithal to kind of go, this is what I need to sort this out. And he, that's a really good setup. All right, Paul, Sorry I'll sell this. you my three by three for cheap. And then I'll go and buy two four and a half by threes and do exactly that. Cause that would give you so much space. Yeah. That was my concern when I was getting the gazebo. I thought three meters wide. You're, if you put sides on it, you're kind of limited to the space you have around the sides you know okay fine they've got flexible walls they'll have a bit of give but you know you, you don't have a huge amount of room when you're going around the side and you're polishing a car or whatever um so yeah to turn it sideways on and make the whole thing four and a half meters wide is is absolute genius that's good isn't it? that. yeah, it's I, so I, obvious I when someone tells you isn't it you're like oh my god why didn't i think of that yeah, but, and I bet you it, it cost wise, it wouldn't be that different from buying a, a gazebo, which in itself is probably I don't even know if they come much wider than three and a half meters for width. I think uh, if they if width. they don't, they've probably got more legs in and around them, which would make it very difficult. Yeah, for well, putting that's, a vehicle yeah, that's into a fair it. point. Yeah, that's a fair point. They should do bundles. Are mm. you uh, are you a mobile valeter detailer? Then buy two. Here's a special offer: you can buy two at the same time. And we'll give you these clips to attach the legs to each other to join them and make them one giant garage. I love that idea. Jesus, if someone isn't doing that, rock awnings need to get in touch with us. And if, and one, say, of review, you know, if one of them review, um, you can send it to me. Um, <laughs> get in touch. I pulled all the details on my Instagram and send me no, a no, DM. No, 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 no. And you'll no, do no, the no, Turtle Wax products at the same time. You could just... Ooh. You've been listening. I'll tell you what. He's been listening to this podcast far too long. Yeah, it keeps me sane when I'm uh, when I'm doing uh, jobs. You know, there's lots of different this podcasts. Is the, this I is the annoying to, thing. This is one of them. Adrian is not like one of our regular guests who's just like, yeah, I've heard these guys do a podcast. Is it any good? It's the- <laughs> she knows us. Adrian comes on and he's like, "Remember that thing you said 14 episodes yeah. ago? What do you mean? Like super fan? I didn't say that, did I? Oh Christ! No. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the other thing then. Yeah. So, so detailing in the yeah. sun. Right, oh. you're right. Okay, let's let's use Paul as an example. Paul doesn't own a gazebo, doesn't he? Because he's an idiot, <laughs> you know. Because it's the one thing that he won't spend his money on. He'll spend ridiculous amounts of money on hi-fi equipment, but will he buy a gazebo? Hang on, no. hang on. Let's no, just set no. the record straight. I I invested in the channel. <laughs> I bought a new camera lens. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was over 200 quid, and yes, I do need a gazebo, and I've been saying it for the past... And you didn't need a camera lens. I did. <laughs> now, now, I'll come to that, because I don't do interior videos, because I can't get the right aperture on my kit lens, so I wanted a lower aperture, oh. 
And I just wanted to create that. That's yeah. what lights are for. I know you're talking yeah, about but just getting away. I want one of those Insta 360s for doing the interior. That would be oh. absolutely mega. Stick it yeah. in the middle, and you you'll be able to get all the footage you need. I reckon that was. Uh, I've, I've asked them to um, send me a demo one. Uh, no response yet. <laughs> um, Specky, can you just put a side note on? Don't get Adrian on again because he's cost me a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Their gimbal looks pretty tasty as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I've 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 looked into some of those things as well. Mm-hmm. I've looked into action cameras so, and bits and pieces. And so that. so go. Right, we're getting off track yeah, again. So go yes, back. No, back yes, to, right. Back Summer to, details. Right, okay. So yeah, I Paul yes. doesn't have a gazebo. No. Paul does have a beer umbrella, which he sometimes takes out and uses, which is effective to a certain point. But not everybody's going to have one of those. Yes, people are going to want to wash their car, detail their car in the sunlight. How do you get around this? What how, What are the, the stumbling blocks that you're going to have to come across, Bear- and how do you deal with them? Bearing in, very quickly, bearing in mind, you don't want to be erecting the easy, erecting <laughs> the gazebo every single job. No, and and when well, they're quick jobs, there's no point. Like, time no, is money exactly. when you're trying to pack in four, five, six cars a day. I know how long it takes for an erection to go up. You can be. <laughs> Well, I told you earlier, mine's about 15 minutes. <laughs> It'll be up for the whole day, though, once it's up. I'm pretty sure you guys are older than me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, you, you can't avoid washing in the full sun when you're doing it professionally. And even when you're doing it at home, you know, sometimes the, you, you might have a south-facing um, driveway or you, just the, the time of day you've got to do it, and it happens to be in the full sun. So what can you do to mitigate it? Um there's a few things that I found. There's a few products that I found that tend to work quite well. Uh, one thing is really useful is deionized water for the final rinse down. Yes. Although I tend to fill my tank in my van with that um, or spotless water, so I kind of do it for the whole process, which does help. Now here's a question for you because mm. I, you know, we we don't have hard water no. up here. How much does spotless water cost? Oh, I use deionized water. For those of you who don't vessel. know, by the way, for those of you who don't know what spotless water is it's just deionized water it's perfectly clean water it has no mineral content or anything hence so, no water spots yes yeah. you, you can yes you can just rinse off your car and you can let it dry naturally you won't get water spots so what are you paying per liter sort of thing for for spotless water oh i, I just use my di vessel because it did work out cheaper and um, ah, so i've got right. uh, i had a seven liter one i've now got an 11 liter vessel because i was burning through the resin too quickly um and that, that that works out well i use mb151 resin which is for the harder water rather than the 115 i haven't actually noticed a huge difference in the performance or longevity of those two but i i, I do that because i looked in again the volume i'd be using i find it would be cheaper to have the resin vessel than it would be to go and do spotless it isn't massively expensive i think it's like it's pennies per liter Oh, right. well, of course, okay. it's penny, pennies per litre. You could be 100 pennies per litre. Fucking useless, that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it is a few pennies a litre. I can have a quick Google if you like. Welcome to Maths with Adrian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Clean and Shiny have got a system put in. Um, so let's see. I did hear about that, yeah. actually. Yes, I heard that they've got they've got spotless water there. You know, it's, again, it's not something we have... I say it's not something we have to worry about up here, but it... It is actually when I, you know, let all that water sit on my dad's car, which I still haven't yeah. dealt with, by the way. Um, <laughs> still haven't had a chance to do that. But I've been speaking to a few people. Someone wants to send me a product 
which they think will uh, help me get along with that. So um, there's that. But yeah, that I guess that's a fair point. Spotless yeah. or it starts sort of at three point five p a liter according to their website. Is that all? Yeah, it's not much. But I mean, you, know, you, you think cheap. you think that's not much? But I use I've got two hundred and fifty liter tank in my van. And I, on occasion, have burnt the entire tank doing a car if it's been really dirty. So um, that's 200 God, that's litres. a lot of water, isn't it? That's a huge amount of water. Yeah, it was a GLS, um, which is massive. And it was absolutely filthy. So I was having to do a lot more rinsing than you would normally on a well-maintained car. Um, you so some do you not like, just oh, use like like regular hose water for your regular rinse? And then... Because I, I see a lot of people doing that. They'll uh, yeah, use regular tap water for the rinse off and then they'll use di water for the, the final. final rinse down yeah and, and that means that they can just allow it to dry out and that's it walk away it depends where you are and um, doing it professionally if you're at home yeah absolutely if you're at someone's house that has access to water yep yeah, sure you can do that um but some places but, i've worked there is no access to water yeah like flats you, yeah it flats um mm. there was some courtesy cars i looked after at a local mechanics there was no run there was no outside tap there um, so I had to use the uh, the tank for all of it, and therefore I was using DI water for the whole thing. I, I've heard people say, "Oh, yeah, it damages the pump in the um, pressure washer." I mean, yeah, potentially, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't don't believe that is not the case. I've not experienced it causing any undue wear. I think they've, if my pressure washer has failed, it's because it's it's used and abused, and it's a domestic pressure washer, and I'm using it commercially. Yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah. makes sense. You know, yeah. and, and I'm still getting years out of them. And, and very briefly, if we touch on the commercial aspect, for those of you listening to this, how many cars are we talking about a day? If we're gonna, if you're gonna move into the realms of say, not friends and family and the hobbyist detailer. You're going to go commercial. What are we talking about? If you're doing commercial and you're valeting more than detailing um, because you're doing higher volume then, you'd probably be looking somewhere in the region of four to eight um, cars a day. I'd be interested to see in the comments. I think I think I, I know physically I would struggle to do more than five in a day. I think four is pretty common. Speck it does that in a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are some people that will I, – I, I, someone told me they smashed out eight in a day. Uh, the other week, they, and must like, have been they started at eight in the morning. Knees. I think they finished at nine at night that day. So it's obviously oh my ridiculously God, that's long. Just, that's horrific. It's horrific, but, and the, they still only made what I would make in one day of doing poultry and correcting. Yeah, you see, that's a that's a fair point, though. You see, this is what I want to ask you. You said whether they're valeting or detailing to you personally, because I find this is very much a subjective question. Yeah, I know. What is it for you that separates? Or turns a valet into a detail. At what point is it no longer a valet and it's now a detail? Yeah, I think that's a fair question, and I think people will disagree with what I'm going to say. Um, but the way I look at it is, is if the bulk of your business is polishing paint and or ceramic coating, it doesn't have to be ceramic coated at the end, obviously. But um, if the bulk of your work is doing multi-day paint polishing jobs, you're a detailer. If the bulk of your work is doing deep cleans of cars or just um, just regular washes, uh, then you're a valeter. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, you know, I, I'm sure someone's going to disagree yeah. with that there. And they're probably because right is to. There, I'm not... Isn't there such a thing as a quick detail then? You know, if you're, if you're saying that you've got a car for multiple days, mm. then it's a detail. Okay, fine, I, I take that. But what about 
a quick detail. I would say like that a, is uh, a when the lines Would blur. you call it a maintenance valet over a detail? I'd say that's probably uh, where, the, where the lines blur. You know, if someone's going, right, I'll, I'll, it's a day job and I will polish it with an AIO polish and maybe whack an additional bit of sealant over the top and it's improved the look of the paint a bit, but actually a lot of it's just filled. But overall, it's glossier, cleaner and thoroughly gone. Yeah, that's where that line blurs. That okay. you're probably at the bottom end of what a detailer would do and at the top end of what a valeter would do. And there's, if that was a Venn diagram, that would be the crossover point. That's interesting. I think there's going to be, I, I want to ask a community this one. Mm. What do you, what do you think about this one? You're listening at home, you're listening in your car, whatever. Where do you draw the line between valeter and detailer? At which point does it transition between the two? I don't know. I mean, some people have used arguments and said, uh, it's when you clean the inside of the filler cap, you know, <laughs> but a good valeter uh, will do it. You know, that's or, what I mean. It's, it, it's or it's doing the door shuts it's doing the door jams things like that or it's doing around the the boot shut and so on things that's a detail that's not just a valid i think it is it's a it's a very much a subjective situation i don't think there's a rule i don't think no. there's a line that's well defined that says oh what it, well what you did this thing oh well no you you can you can gladly call yourself a detailer from this point onwards i think you they're somewhat I mean? muddied by the fact that the american definition of valeting is detailing as well so de detailing <laughs> yeah. in america covers the full smorgasbord of everything right yes oh, if you detailed totally, it doesn't yeah. make a difference yeah. 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 yeah i totally agree with that i mean for me Why it's always been it, perhaps maybe that's more of the issue that in the uk it seems to have two tiers because we love the class system <laughs> and, um, uh, and, <laughs> and maybe in America it's, it's simpler because it's all detailing there's just different levels of package within the detailing and that's probably the easiest yeah. way of looking at it and in all fairness the most sensible way of looking at it there's just different packages or levels inside detailing yeah I, I, I think that's 100% true I, th I just think some people get hung up on forgive the pun but details mm. They get hung up on details and say, "Ah, oh, no, but I wouldn't call it a valet if I if I was touching the door jams or if I was going in and doing the fuel filler cap and things like that. I would call that a detail. You know, everyone's different. You know, everyone has a different kind of status situation. You know, it's it's how do they rate themselves? Which job do they think it's going to elevate them to the next level? At what point are they doing more? You know, it's all it's all car care at the end of the day, isn't it? We all do do it how we want to do it. Mm. Um, what you call it yourself is your business. I'm just interested in individual situations because someone else is going to say something completely different. And I love getting it across the board. And being a valeter um, or a detailer, you will be working in the sun at some point. So we should probably answer that question. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So when you're working in the sun, okay, fine. So we've covered DI water. Mm. We've covered um, gazebos. Is there anything else you think is essential for what what you couldn't live without regarding working in the sun? A Are there hat. any yeah, hat, yeah same. <laughs> that's, a hat, um, that's a personal protective yeah. equipment situation. But <laughs> yeah. Like, is is there any like? Are there any products that you would particularly choose to avoid or choose to use? Because yeah, okay, these are good sun? points. So high pH or yeah, high alkaline um, cream washes in the direct sun are. Uh, have a higher chance of damaging some of the trim around the chrome trims or the black trims, mm -hmm. especially on Mercedes. They seem to be massively prone to it. Um, so you may go for something more like garage therapies, uh, snow foam or touchless 
the two sugar-based surfactants. They're still at higher pH, but they don't seem to react in quite the same way. Or this may be a great case, a use case to put citrus on, and then um, as long as it's one that's actually effective, um, and then <laughs> a pH neutral foam over the top to keep it wet and stop it drying out. Uh, it could yeah. also be the opportunity where um, foaming your snow on is more effective. Sorry, foaming your shampoo on, sorry, is more effective than doing a purely bucket-based yeah, shampoo. That's what I do. Yeah. And it, I think it helps. Uh, I did, a, when it I was does. reviewing stuff the other day, I was looking at the MJJC Lance, and uh, the, you know their own shampoo that's in that, it, it goes on super thick, but it didn't dry out in the sun at all. Um, so for that particular, is that the job, stuff that's made from rainforests? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean palm oil. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But it, um, you know, it doesn't dissipate on the floor. Normally, you say this is a nightmare of a product to use, but in that use case, it's really good. It's very oh, creamy, cool. isn't it? Yeah. It's very. It's, it's like all the palm moisturizer. <laughs> yes, it's all yeah. the Oily, um, chimpanzees <laughs> and everything else that's in it. Um, but then using or adding things to your shampoo. So let's say you've got a pH neutral shampoo, which would probably be the best bet. I probably wouldn't use a ceramic shampoo in direct sunlight. It will dry out too quickly and go uh, streaky. Mm. Um, but if you're using a regular shampoo, adding a splash of ONR or McKees to it, um, there's like it's a rinse this wash to add a bit more lubricant lubrication in it. Also, it does it helps with the water spotting, which um, which works out pretty well. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to go into rinse this wash. I like it, though I don't think it needs to be discussed. Um, it is an easy way of cleaning in the direct sun uh, because you just work a panel at a time. Can you do that in the same way with a regular wash shampoo? Yeah, yes and no. I think you'd make a real mess if you were trying to do it, but it is possible. So yeah. um, that sort of thing is helpful. Not, I mean, if you've got a black car, you're going to be struggling anyway. Um, but I, I, if it's black, I tend to do rinseless washes in the in the summer. That's rinseless wash, but I do foam and pre-wash properly, and I'll double wash each panel um, just to get all the uh, dirt off it. Yeah. So I, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I was I was speaking to someone earlier this week about, or was it late last week, about summer washing and panel temperatures and so on, and they said that the the difference in panel temperature on a sunny day between colors of cars mm. can be dramatic. Yeah. You know, you get a black car and your panel temperature could be 20 to 30 degrees more than it could be on a blue car or green car. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and there could be an even greater difference if you've got a silver car, a white car, you know, much, much cooler panel temperatures and the darker the paint is, yeah. the higher your, te your panel temperature goes. And so, that can obviously have an impact. So it's not just something to be aware of, oh, it's sunny, but it's, oh, it's sunny and it's a black car. Yeah. But then, you know, it's... it's so there's, there's some brands, and they're like, typically they're American ones because they have this problem more than other regions, although um, yes. the Australian yeah. brands uh, similarly do this a lot. Um, Poor Boys and 3D are the two that come to my mind that if you're having to polish in hot weather, um, maybe not in direct sunlight, but um, in hot weather then their polishes don't dry out as much, especially 3D1 is really nice because it's, it's quite oily. So it's heavy, heavy, loop, heavy lubricants. Yeah, but it's like men, more like oil a bit oil yeah. yeah, a bit like Menzona. Yeah, and, and it works really well. But to the point about doing a black car, uh, black car in full sun, don't polish it because the, the clear is all the paint because it's so hot, it's softer. 
You know they're saying you get yes. bird etching if you just leave, park it in the sun and it, it might go away. Well, it does. But, God, you don't want to polish that because the characteristics are completely different. You can't Holy call crap, it that, That's a fair point, though. That is a fair point. If it's already really soft, then you go in and you're going to think to yourself, well, but this is a Mercedes. Yeah. That's hard paint. Yeah, so you whip out you like a, really a light wall pad massive maybe, problems. And you're like, actually, you could have probably done it with a finishing pad and yeah. and still left holograms and marring. Uh, so yeah, you, it's, you can polish into the direct sun. You just have to be really cognizant of what's going on and how the mm-hmm. how the makeup of the paint will be different and the products you're going to use. That's that's insane. That's that's honestly something I didn't really consider. Um, but that that is definitely worthwhile considering. Yeah. Oh, the other um, thing, wheel cleaners in the sun, um, that that can get really problematic because uh, if, if they dry out, we all know if you if your wheel cleaners dry out. They can start oh, to stain the rims. Stains, yeah, yes, it does. Um, yes. uh, ones with fallout removers in them can be particularly bad at that, but an acidic one is just as bad, a strong alkaline. So really, if you're washing wheels that are in the direct sun, one of the easier things to shade in the direct sun is a wheel because you can kind of go one wheel at a time. You can even put like a golf umbrella up behind you, you know, just to kind of put it in the shade while you work on it. Yeah. Um, I would say that yeah, it's the one thing. If you've got bad wheels that need deep cleaning... I personally don't do it in the full sun. I'd have to put something up to shade that because it's just so hot um, that it will, the chances of you damaging the rim uh, is so high. And from a professional point of view, that's insurance claims right there. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you know what? This reminds me of something I saw at Waxstock back in 2019. There was a, a stand there and a company, company was showing off a product and and I thought it was an, uh, maybe a good idea at the time, but in it, I completely forgot about it. But it's just popped up into my mind now, which is that this was a thing that essentially was almost like a golf umbrella on a suction arm uh, that stuck onto Oh, that's a good a idea. Now this, yes, this was brilliant. It was to be marketed at people who did things like glass repair and, you know, whether it's glass polishing, glass scratch removal, things like that or, you know, chip repairs, things like that. You want to be out of the direct sun. And so they had this thing that used a suction mount, which had at least two or three suckers on it, would stick to a part of the glass on your car, and it had an articulatable arm with a sunshade on it. It looked a bit like a golf umbrella. And you could move it around so that you could always shade the area you're going to be working on. So I'd like to see things like that in situations where perhaps normally a gazebo isn't going to be quite yeah. so useful, you know, you can't can't use a gazebo. It's not practical. It's it's going to be a smaller job or whatever. Even if you were machine polishing a smaller area, if you know that you can get it out of the direct sunlight for a few minutes, cool that panel down a bit, that's going to make your job a hell of a lot safer. I've never seen that thing again since. That's but right, Paul. You and I just, can stick him on our heads. Yeah. yeah. What a, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a bit, I just no. What a brilliant idea! Until the idea. kicks in and then it just slides off and like give yourself I a concussion. <laughs> I can then drink while I'm detailing. I can keep my beer cool. Oh, it's God, the only way I get no, through most of the jobs. That's that's what you need, Paul. You need those. Remember those beer helmets you used to get <laughs> foam domes. You, you, you could you could get you know a couple of cans either side of your head. And then a suction thing right on the top, which has your umbrella thing on it, so that you can be drinking beer hands-free 
Wales protects. I'll have you know, I am. I've actually. I don't. Do you know what? I've lost quite a bit of weight because I've been doing a lot of this power walking. And the main reason I love doing a video and doing a car, especially on a Friday, is because I can come in, put all my gear away, and sit down and have a Mm. drink and think, I've just earned that beer. Thank you very much. Don't don't drink and do a car. Oh my God. Don't do that. I know. Not in this heat as well. Literally the worst combination. You just get a spitting headache halfway through. That's what we could do at Waxstock. We could uh, turn up on this Sunday morning, still half cut from the night before. No, 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 and no. We can t- we can detail Dom's car. He'll be up for that, won't he? Well, well, we're half cut. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Half cut instead of tea cut. Very nice. <laughs> uh, uh, right. So are we? Are you still? Are we still on the subject of the sun? Or can I? Can I chuck in a question here for our lovely? Go on, throw our in a question. Guests? So out out of all the jobs, Adrian, that you do on cars. Um, Let's start at the worst. What's the worst job and what's the best job? And remember, there's no time constraints. You've got a nice day. You're perhaps doing a lovely performance car. It's your favorite car. Yeah. What's your least favorite job you're going to be doing and what's your favorite? Uh, I would say least favorite job is doing an interior deep clean on a sports car because I can't fit in the back easily. Um, I'm six foot two, so I'm a bit shorter than you, Paul, but not by an awful lot. Well, most people are short yeah. of me. I just, I'm a bit slight I just named for them, the borrowers. Yeah. I just call everyone else a borrower. Thanks so much. Um, and it, it's difficult. Like, it, There's only so much room in there just by the nature of design. One of the things I like about uh, the Porsche 911s is that the seat backs come out. Um, so that oh. actually makes life a bit easier. Like, uh, but, uh, I'm sorry, if what? Yeah. They come out? Yeah, because the, um, the, you can actually fold down the back seats of um of the in the 911 so you can kind of get a bigger boot if you wanted to i don't know if it's in all the models but it's definitely in some that's of pretty them amazing um but yeah that's, some, that's some of them, for you. there's like the, the lumber bit i think i don't know if it's the whole back or if it's just the lumber part but that's kind of just like velcroed on to the um chassis well not chassis the um the interior lining so those bits come out um that's cool. yeah and, and that that's quite it's a bit easier like it's one less thing to have to kind of do in that tight space yeah. um but in in conjunction with that the heavily sloping rear glass on any coupe sort of vehicle is absolutely shambolic. Uh, you, you need one of those um, kind of glass cloths on a stick. Or oh, the reachy arm thing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, even I've then, you, you, trying to get really... a smear-free finish with those is quite difficult. Uh, it does yes. depend on the cleaner. But I mean, it's, it's really hard and the probably thankless task doing those. What's your favourite glass cleaner? Uh, ONR is incredibly easy, so I usually go with that. Or the Nilco Nil Glass, but I find ONR gets a sh- uh, less streaky finish. My the time. my mm. wife was using Nilco because mm. um, we used to get it. It was um, I think you get that ten liters from Amazon, and then it suddenly skyrocketed. It got really expensive for some stupid. But she's been using Nilco, and it's very mm. very good because I've used it as well. It's it's pretty darn good, isn't it? It lasts for ages That's as well. Like you get that liter bottle from B and Q, and I mean. I've, the one I've got probably will last a couple of years because I don't use it on every job. I do use ONR, but you know, at four mil to a litre for that and it will do all the glass and then I'll probably just use it if it's just like a maintenance wash to just like wipe down the plastics on the inside then and you're good That's to go. That's a good show. That's yeah. very economical. At the end of the day, yeah. when you're doing detailing for money, you've got to keep your costs down. That's a very, very cost-effective idea. Yeah. That. I like that. The Infinity so Wax ones are good, by the way. I like their glass cleaners. The Spotless and the Spotless Plus is uh, a good... Um, but yeah, those are the two. To answer your question, those are the two that I, I use the okay. most of. 
So that so the interiors in cramped conditions, yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't like I don't like doing minis inside. No. I don't mind doing interiors, but I don't like doing minis. That metro I'm must six. be. Uh, um, I was but eye watering as well. I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have got to be careful where you sit down. Yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shame it's a manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or not, or not a shame. No, yeah, yeah, depending which way you're yeah. inclined. Yeah. Um, so, so best job, best <laughs> job, favorite job. Yeah, favorite uh, job. Come on. It's got to be machine polishing. Just, yeah. uh, I, I, oh, I love it. I really, really enjoy answer. it. It's, it's that thing when you, you look at it and it's the instant gratification of getting the results. Don't get me wrong. Some days you have an absolute mare and the paint isn't reacting properly. You find they've had a smart repair in some part of it, though you've used your paint thickness gauge, you found that. Okay, and then that paint doesn't react in the same way that all the other paint has reacted um, you can be marring it left, right, and center. Like even just wiping the residue off is causing the paint to mar. You know, like there's there's things that can really trip you up, but it is massively satisfying. And I have to say that force okay. rotation polisher. I did the um, yeah, I watched yeah, that, that Porsche a couple of weeks good. ago. So much quicker, and that, that was like a real revolu- uh, revolution, revelation to me. Um, well, start well. the revolution. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The, it was. I've got a forced rotation now, and I really want to get more use oh, out of it. It's I'm quick. really looking forward to playing with it. Like, yeah, I do find yes, I, I give it a quick try, and I could see why people like it because it does seem to do a hell of a lot more efficient job. Uh, but then I'm also scared, you know, because I worry that I could over polish something. You know what I mean? It's, I can get that, and I think the, you have you have to dial it back. So normally. If you're polishing and you're going to be doing one trip up, then one trip across, one trip up, one trip across, so four passes in a set. Yeah. When I, I found, this may be different for different people, but I have found when I'm using force rotation, it's one trip up, one trip across, that's your set. And wow, I would do nice. it with like the uh, possibly with a less aggressive pad um, yeah. and get better results. So I, I was doing one the other day. And I put the Eurofiber 50-50 pad on the force rotation. I was like, oh, that's got some micro hazing, which is something you can get with um, force rotations. Then I whacked yeah. it on the 15 mil throw, and it came up really nicely with that. And I was like, okay, I'll just stick with that. Um, so I know, I know I'm not using the force rotation in this one, but it's like kind of like working out what the best combination is. And I was using the 15 yeah. mil throw, and I was like, this is really nice. And then I, was, I remember a video that... Um, Oh, is it Jason Rose with Rupes, Rupes? Mm-hmm. Um, he did. He was kind of talking about pad priming and polishing in one of their instructional videos. I think it's like the Bigfoot 101 videos they've got on YouTube. Um, and he was kind of going, you only should you should only really need to do one to two um, passes. Oh, sorry, two, sorry, two to three passes, I think is what he was saying. He said after that, yeah. the polishing isn't re- the polish isn't really going to do anymore. Now, he was doing that. Well, it's like diminishing with, returns, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, like you, you should be able to get the results you need in this number of passes. And I say like, that is interesting, isn't it? That commercially, that's what it should be. So if you're not getting the results in that time frame, change the polish, change the pad until you're getting the results. So rather than stretching it and doing four to six passes in a set to get the results that you want, change the combination up so you can yeah. do it in the shorter space of time but still get the same level of results. And I was like, that is. It's interesting when you look at the commercial dynamics of how people would approach to work. And as much as we may love or hate some of the things you say, uh, says Ivan Lecoy has got s- some brilliant ideas of how to do it commercially. 
let's let's not <laughs> not all of them are good I, I think some of them make my make me make my teeth go on edge you know but some of the things yeah. he's saying is like yeah rather than doing this use a product like this to do it like yep yeah, makes perfect sense um, yeah i i get that yeah I, some of the stuff i agree with him yeah and then other stuff like when he says claying your car doesn't oh i know <laughs> i saw that and i was like mm-hmm. And I was like, "You what? You must be doing that to invite the trolls." I'd love to. I'd actually like to purchase the DIY detail stuff and give that a go. Because it, you know what? Yeah, I'd, I'd like yeah. to try. Why it. Not? I genuinely like to try because if it works, it is genius. Yeah, I don't think well, it's going to we'll work. We'll have to keep an eye out <laughs> and see if there's going to be a, a UK distributor for that. I would have thought there would uh, be at my, some point. Might have to tap John Hole on the shoulder and say, "Oh, you, you fancy bringing any of this in? And see what happens." He's probably like, "No, um, that shit." <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, right? Are you going to wax stock this year? Yes, and I cannot wait. And you know, I'm, I'm going, and I cannot wait because I want to. This the social side. I want to meet yes. the people that I comment with and chat with. You know, and it's it's. I, I, there's not a product I'm particularly looking to get. I'm. I'm probably come away with something but i'm not going there looking for a bargain trying to get anything it's just the social side i want to take yeah, it, it in. you've made it sound great and it's have I'm, you not been before no you know it's been on for so many years and i've been in the scene for what? so long but i've never really thought tenth, about going 10th year yeah and it's finally a two-day event you're gonna go nah. to the biggest one are you gonna go for both days or just gonna yeah go i'm staying day? in the um uh, the hotel on site you know the double oh, trees oh oh excellent all right well then you'll have to join us in the casino bar afterwards I'll be there. yeah <laughs> yes Excellent. Excellent. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great Listen, fun. Adrian, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. We could probably talk another three hours and keep going. So, um, you know, if you're up for it and uh, when we're struggling to grab a guest, we may get on the phone to you and pull well, hang on, for another hang on. Only if I've got to speak to the po- I've like got to speak to Jamie the postman first because if he's free, we'll have him on first. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So That's good. Just. Apparently, he's really funny. <laughs> I haven't seen him. I, think, I, you know, I haven't seen him for ages. He might have been bitten by a rabid dog. I don't well, know where he is. Or maybe he's been bumped off by the, the hot new girl. I was about to say, wasn't there another there. one that you wanted to get on? <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, not get on. This, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going Yes. When he said, I want to get on. No, different story. No, no. no let's, let's not go there. HR? I don't want to recognise my voice. No, no. That's... um. That's someone else. Um, it's not me. My name's Dave. <laughs> terribly sorry. Um, for those of you at home, if you want to follow any of uh, Adrian's escapades on Instagram or YouTube, look up Supercharged Llama detailing. You cannot get it wrong. If you just look up Supercharged Llama, you're going to find him because I guarantee you won't see another channel or uh, account or socials like it. So make sure you go and give him a follow. Go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's got some very good content. It's useful to me. I like watching his stuff as well. It's just really, really it, good. I like watching it. It's really good. It's, yeah. you know, every day's a school day. We always say it on here. Mm. And uh, yeah, what a fantastic guest, Adrian. Yes. It's been really, really good. Thank you very much. Thank um, you so much for taking the time out to yep. uh, to chat with us. It's been it's been awesome. I can't believe we've, we've left it as long as we have. It's been my so, pleasure. Um, I've been looking forward to it all weekend. It has not failed. Oh, excellent. Excellent. That's the fivers in the post. <laughs> all right. Um, it's tight, Scott. <laughs> Paul might have said something different. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening at home. If you've enjoyed this episode, you want to give us any of your comments, questions, suggestions, or anything else, feel free to follow us and message us on our social platforms, or you can email us directly, Specky and Paul Talk Detailing, all one word, at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget about the Patreon if you want to join everyone else. 
who's come along to sign up and support us. We would love to have you there. But in the meantime, I've been Specky. I've been Paul. And I've been Outstanding. <laughs> right, he's definitely not coming back on. No, that's it. He's just finished. That's it. Oh, this, this platform's just... been enough for me. Thank you, darling. We have. Oh, we forgot to mention the darling thing. We'll talk about that another time. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed it. Take care. Love you lots. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.